Welcome to Face Your Faith. We hope this topic study will help you grow deeply in your relationship with God, to be fearless in your faith, and to present others the Word of God in freedom and in peace. Today our topic is on hope, and I hope our study together of God's Word will be very inspiring to you and give you hope that you have a future in Christ Jesus, who came into this world as a baby for the sole purpose of being a sacrifice for our sins, so that everyone who receives the gift of this salvation will live eternally with God in heaven. And isn't knowing just that little bit of what we have to hope in positively and amazingly hopeful? While a particular time of year should not be the reason we seek hope, it is nonetheless a time of year that many people do look for hope in a very dark and lost world. That said, however, we are never supposed to put our hope in the things of this world, and if we keep that focus all year, we will not be so depressed and distraught when the world does what it does. After all, if our hope and focus is on God and what He did for us through Jesus Christ, we are living in the security and knowledge of future perfection and a life certainly overshadowed by hope in Christ. So what does the dictionary tell us of hope? It says to cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or to be true, to desire with expectation of obtainment or fulfillment, and lastly, someone or something on which hopes are centered. Here we see from the dictionary that hope is very big, very real, very necessary, and very much a needed part of our lives in order to find peace, satisfaction, and understanding of our present situations. Now, while this is Christmas and everything is to be uplifting and encouraging and full of hope, it is also very important not to neglect God's Word in its fullness of truth and discuss that just because we hope does not mean we always get what we hope for. More on that, however, as we move along through the study. So let's open the study with Romans 15:13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This is indeed a powerful statement that shows us exactly how we are to gain hope. Isn't it true that we often see something we want and then begin to hope that it, we will get it? And if we hope hard enough, put enough brain power into the thought and words, I hope, we will have a much better chance of that thing happening. And that is what self-centered hope looks like. That's what the world's hope looks like. It looks like a lottery ticket, and how often do people actually win the lottery? I'm not suggesting that you play, or if you ever have one, that you should ever play again. God does frown on gambling. Regardless, it is like a game of chance when we just hope in stuff or an outcome and not hope fully in the Lord. So what is hope? Just like we saw in our previous study on love, hope is God and God is hope. Our passage in Romans we just read also points us to understand that it requires God, the God of hope, to first fill us up with the godly hope, which is joy and peace in believing. So after that process has taken place, we can actually have real hope and an abundance of it. With that, let's look at Romans 8, 24 through 25. Hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We now have learned that hope is a very big deal. Again, it's not a desire or whim, 
and a bout of enthusiasm of wanting. It is a deep desire of something we cannot see, haven't seen directly, and while we are hoping, it must be done with the discipline of patience. At this early point in the study, perhaps you are thinking that hope is starting to sound a little less glamorous and exciting and more like work, and that certainly ruins the experience. But that's the point. Hope is not about satisfying self and our desires. As we learned from last week's study, it is about being grounded in things that are not of this world. And yes, that is exceptionally hard to do, but nonetheless required if we are to truly find everything we need in this life. And Paul goes on to give us the encouragement and the evidence we need to grow in this area of our lives. We see in Romans 15:4, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Notice the emphasis on listening to instructions and enduring what we are told. So if you've been hoping for a mink or a Maserati and haven't gotten either one yet, fret not, God evidently knows you are investing your hope in the wrong things, and be happy he has not answered you in much of what you have hoped for. Looking back in my life, I am truly becoming much more satisfied that the Lord has not granted me all the stuff I hoped for. I know it would have not been ultimately good for me, and it wouldn't have made me happy in the long run. I know I would not have the relationship I have with him today had I been granted all the stuff I desperately craved. I would have missed out and would be missing out on so many more valuable things that I have experienced through him. And the greatest thing I've experienced and am now hoping for more of regularly is to know God better than I ever have. To be able to study his word and have it make good sense and have him teach me exactly what I need to know to live in an ever-growing hope. Truthfully, had I heard someone say this even 10 years ago, I would have probably agreed with the main concept of this, but deep down would have really wanted to still have the excitement of worldly hope. But knowing what I know now, I only wish I had known how good and amazing true hope in God is. Let's continue looking at some scripture. Romans 5, 2 through 5. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that's the knowledge I needed to get a handle on in the past to understand what I now appreciate so much today. I am standing in grace, and that alone is an amazing thing to keep my hope in on a daily basis. I can't imagine living outside of God's grace ever again, even if that is all I ever receive from Him this day forward. But the passage does not end there. It really tells us how to hope, why to hope, and the purpose of hope. And isn't it amazing, again, mind-blowing, that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Again, what a gift, and that is something to hope in, that eternal, perfecting hope. 
And here we get even more encouragement to hope in all that is of God. And we see that in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And there is our true hope as a believer in Christ, looking to what we have not seen yet, because it is so much bigger and better than anything else in this universe. Let's continue. Titus 3, 7. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We are now really drilling down into the scripture as to what we are to hope in and how we are to be ready to share and show that hope to the world. 1 Peter 3.15, But in our hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And isn't this very clear instruction for us? As believers, we need to be ready to lovingly answer anyone who confronts us as to why we believe and have hope in God. But how many of us are truly prepared to give the reason as to why we have real, authentic hope? And the answer to that is not many. In fact, I strongly believe most Christians are quite incapable of answering coherently. And why? Because we do several things with our lives. One, we often don't know ourselves what hope looks like. Two, if we do have an idea of hope, we feel we are not worthy of giving someone such a straightforward answer in fear of sounding arrogant, and so we avoid being genuine with our answer. Three, we fraudulently gush over all the hope we have and how secure we feel. Yet all these reactions of or responses to hope are not at all God-honoring, because hope is not something we feel, it is something we live out and know. But what's the proof? Let's look at 1 Peter 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hope is not a what. It is not a thing. Hope is not a feeling. Hope is an existence, a lifestyle that can only be received and lived out in Christ Jesus through what he did for us from birth to death. Let's look again at Romans 8, 24 through 25. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And again, Titus 3, 7 so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Hope is life in Christ, eternal life with God, and we are to wait for it with patience and expectation, just like we are waiting and hoping for his return. So how can we be assured that we are hoping in the right things? Well, we see the list is not long at all. In fact, it's one thing, hope in God. In contrast, what should we not hope for? We should not hope for selfish ambitions, the bigger house, the luxury cars, clothes, vacations, stuff, and more and more stuff. That's futile hope. And oftentimes, God does not answer these selfish hope 
prayers. More proof, Matthew 6:19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. 2 Timothy 3:2. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. This passage addresses exactly where our hope is to be and to be at all times. God has no problem with rich people. If they do not hope in their wealth and store up self stuff to show off. Notice carefully we also read that when our hope is in its proper place on God, he richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Don't forget it may not be what we hope for, but what he, God, knows is the absolute best. And as we discussed in last week's study, we will be more satisfied than we could dream of being. Hope then in God, in Jesus the Savior, and know that in this authentic, genuine, sincere hope, you will receive the riches, peace, joy, satisfaction that will last here to eternity. But remember this, when you do put your hope fully in God, and give the answer of hope that is in you, you will be mocked. Even then, stand firm in your eternal hope and do not allow Satan to entice you to hand over your hope. And know this, 2 Peter 3, 3-4 says, Scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. Following their own sinful desires, they will say, Where is the promise for this coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. Philippians 2.21 says further, For they all seek their own interests, their own earthly desire and hope, not those of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God of all hope, we thank you for this time of being in your word to see and know what you desire of us most and that is to hold out eternal hope in you through salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to see that authentic hope in you is all we need from you, and remember that no thing on earth can deliver the riches that your hope can and will if we receive it with expectation. You are a great and merciful God, abounding in love for us, and we thank you for that. Thank you for the gift of your Son, born to die for hope. And we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are joining us by podcast, please visit our website at faceyourfaith.com for more information and resources.